Welcome to The Dad Presents. Make sure you're following the show wherever you're listening. And wherever you are out in the world, spread that love and liberty. Let's go. Welcome to The Dad Presents, you fine people. How you doing today? Hey, man. Has it been a couple weeks since we've done an episode of The Dad Presents? Yeah, it has. Am I sorry about that? No, I'm not. Look, man, I love you guys. I love you. And part of being in love means you never have to say you're sorry. It's true. It's true. That's what the bride tells me every single time she screws up. You know, it's weird, though, because when I screw up, she suddenly forgets that principle. I don't know. Weird. But I guess that's love. And look, kids, I love you guys. You're my people. So no, I'm not sorry. And you get it. So look, we haven't done an episode in a couple of weeks because we had the holidays. Then I got contracted on another job and I had to take it. I'm pushing up close to 50 years old. And instead of winding down towards retirement, instead of slowing things down, settling in, enjoying my surroundings, I'm hustling, I'm bustling with multiple jobs because yay economy. Now, I don't know if you guys know this. I know you're listening from all over the country. I don't know if you know this, but California it's a little bit expensive. And boys, if you got boys, when they hit puberty, well, man, they need food. They need a lot of food to grow. Their bodies are demanding nutrients and they're growing at ridiculous paces. And it's crazy. I thought, you know, I thought about just like taking my teenage boy and putting him into full body bindings to slow down his growth. Like they used to do to Chinese girls feet. But I mean, this is California and it's super liberal. And they'd probably frown upon me putting my kid in bindings and stuffing them in the closet for the next four years to keep them tiny. I don't know, just a hunch. So we're not doing that. We got to feed them and feeding them is expensive. And my boys are super spoiled because they're California boys and their mom's a California mom and California moms. Don't know if you know this, they like to compete with each other. So my boys get to eat steak like twice a week. And I'm not talking like some shitty rubbery sirloin like your East Coast mama made you eat twice a week in Pittsburgh in 1983. No, man, these boys get ribeye. They get New York strip steaks. Sometimes, sometimes we go all in with the sushi. So, you know, it's expensive. And I'm thinking... This is how we're going to be. Let's just fuck it. Let's go full on California and let's hire one of those nude sushi stripper girls to come over here for my boys. You know, I don't, I don't know if you guys know, but it's like a, a girl. She comes over, she takes off all her clothes. She lays on your table and you cover her, her bitty parts, like your nipples with a, like a California roll or a spicy tuna roll and you eat it off her body. That way, while going broke to feed these growing boys. At least I'll go broke with a smile on my face. And now, now we got the 10-year-old. He's into baking, which is cool. It's, it's cool for your kids to have hobbies. You know, kids get all kinds of hobbies. And this kid, he's into baking, and that's cool. So last week, he tried to bake us some bread. And that's awesome. And he did it by following a recipe on TikTok because that's how kids learn everything now. That's how they learn everything. You send them to school, try to teach them at home, but where do they learn? They learn on TikTok. TikTok is where all the good info's at, and every teenager knows this. So he tried to make us 
some bread. And guess what? The next day, got up out of bed, made myself some coffee, tried to make myself some eggs because that's what I like to do before I work. There were no eggs. No eggs. It was weird because we just went grocery shopping the day before. And I remember buying eggs. I bought a dozen eggs. And now a day later, we had no eggs. We had no eggs because this little genius used an entire dozen of eggs, 12 eggs, to make one loaf of bread. Doesn't seem like that's the appropriate recipe to me. I don't know. So I asked him why he did that. And he said, because TikTok told me to. Oh, of course. I get it, buddy. I get it. I get it. TikTok told you to. Now, yes, eggs are about $20 a piece right now. And your dad's out on the corner of Crenshaw and Slauson offering blowies to keep you guys fed every day and to keep a roof over your head. But I get it. You got to do the cool stuff you see on TikTok because that's what life is now. So, yeah, guys, I've been busy. I've been busy. Deal with it. I'm sorry I've not been doing as many episodes as you have grown accustomed to. I've spoiled you guys. I've spoiled you. So we're going to get back to reality a little bit. But today, I got a great guest for you guys today. He's a dad, but not only is he a dad, he is a badass CIA dad. Well, I mean, he won't tell you that. He can't tell you that. And I don't actually know if that's true. I don't know if that's a fact. I don't know he was actually in the CIA, but you know what? It's 2023 and facts don't matter anymore. So we're going to roll with it. So guys, let's get into it today. But first, let me please remind you, share this episode with a friend. If you like it, click the link, text message it out to your friends. That's how we spread the word now because social media don't like us no more. We got banned on all the medias. Uh, thanks to Elon, we're back on Twitter. We're making a small comeback, but in the year of 2022, when all of our social media was taken away from us, we were in the top 4% on Spotify, top 4% most popular podcasts. And that happened because you guys are telling each other, you're sharing this episode back. You're sharing our episodes back and forth. I appreciate you for that. Thank you so much. I try to put out interesting stuff for you and I appreciate you subscribing and sharing you good people. And yes, I am sorry. I'm actually sorry. I am sorry. I've not been doing as many as I've gotten you used to. And we're going to try to step it up heading into 2023. Now let's get into it. Okay, guys, today we are on with Brian O'Shea. Brian's an intelligent consultant and investigator. He started his career in the U.S. Army's Military Intelligence Corps, and then he worked as a senior consultant for two of the U.S. government's largest intelligence agencies. Wink, wink. I bet we can guess what they are. Uh, Brian's areas of expertise include intelligence operations and asset recruitment, propaganda, counter-propaganda, and much more. He's also married to civil liberties activist and feminist, Dr. Naomi Wolf, who we've all become familiar with in the past few years. She and her husband, Brian, they've been fighting the, the COVID tyranny, um, and we're grateful for that. He's a dad with two kids, and he has raised them right. We're going to be talking about a lot of that today. You can find Brian on Twitter at Brian O'Shea SPI, and his YouTube channel is called Investigate Everything. I like that title, Investigate Everything with Brian O'Shea. Brian, thanks for joining the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Dealing glad with the to whole have New England snow, but not bad. Yeah, it, it's snowing there. 
Yeah, it seems like it's been snowing for like two days. It hasn't snowed all year, so but we like it. Yeah, well, we're we're here in uh, Redondo Beach, California, outside Los Angeles, and it's been raining for three weeks nonstop, and they're constantly out here talking about you know the drought, the fires, we need rain, blah blah blah, and then the rain comes. And they're completely unprepared for it. We got landslides, roads are closed, flooding. Like that, there's there's nothing nothing built in place to to like capture the water that we've been blessed with. It's all just running off into the ocean. Complete government incompetence. Anyway, um, I, what I wanted to talk to you about is people who pay attention in general. People who follow the show have probably noticed that like some things in our government, some things in our school, just the way America operates in general, it's, it's started to resemble communist China more and more every day. Um, China, from when I was growing up until recently, had that one child policy for the longest time, which led to like parents murdering their kids if they didn't get the kind of kid they wanted. Um, we don't have that here yet, but it certainly seems like government is doing everything it can to prevent people from having kids while also indoctrinating the kids who are already here. So my question to you is why does the government hate kids and what is the end game with all this? I don't know if they hate kids. I think um, the, the powers that be uh, that, that have a, a larger agenda and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, all this, I, everything, everything I look at, it comes down to money pretty much every time or resources. So why are they looking at the kids? If I had to guess two reasons, um, and I don't have the sites in front of me. I'll certainly send them a lot of this gender affirming care. Let's start with that, um, requires medicine for life. So I, I don't think I need to fill in the blanks on that. It's just more subscription based sure. pharmaceuticals, which, you know, kind of like this, uh, MRNA shot. The other thing is, um, with, um, uh, with more and more of what we're seeing with this MRNA technology, a lot of the DNA, um, type of CRISPR technology. I, I mean, I don't want to sound really dark and this is really just based on conjecture. So I'll be honest, you know, I would imagine they don't just throw fetuses away when they're aborted. And I think we know that from the Fauci experiments that we saw out at University of Pennsylvania with NIH funding. I think that was covered about a year ago. There's also with a lot of um, what I've covered since the beginning of the pandemic or talked about, is uh, it's a huge DNA hack. I mean, this whole thing has been from the get-go. So on the Chinese sites, and I'll, I'll talk about how this all connects to China, on the Chinese, um, within the Chinese Academy of Sciences, which is kind of like their HHS, uh, Health and Human Services, there's something called BIG. It's the Beijing Institute of Genomics. And anyone could go see it's B-I-G-G-O-V.C-N. Um, they have the largest... DNA database out there. And so in the beginning, I think that's all the testing, and it still remains today. All of the testing has been about collecting DNA. Because if you ever take a test home and you see these videos, I tried one, buy a test and dump some water on it. It comes out different every time. Um, so that's what I think. Back to your question about you know why they're doing this to babies. I, you know, I think if China, and again, I cannot prove this, but as an investigator, I can't eliminate it. And so I usually try to eliminate theories first so I can narrow in on the ones that I can't eliminate. This one I can't eliminate. And what I'm finding is um, if China is running the show and they seem to be, they, they certainly, and I'll say it, I don't care, they seem to be running the current administration. 
Yeah. The first five or six presidential actions, um, you know, if you go to whitehouse.gov, all favored China, removed a lot of the restrictions, a lot of the stuff that or stumbling blocks that Trump put in place before he left. Boom, gone. They tried to get the Asian American hate, what I call spin going. Mm. Didn't really take root because a lot of different factors. Um, but a lot of those were the right people for their agenda were not doing the crimes against right, right. Uh, Asian Americans. And so finally, not the, a lot um, of video of, of white men beating up Asian ladies is, is what went wrong there. Basically. Yeah. yeah. And you could always tell too. And I, you know, it's, it's a, it's a curse and a gift from just doing this so long. I, I do, um, you know, believe that Malcolm Gladwell was right when he said 10,000 hours makes you an expert or virtuoso and everything. I've been in intelligence field since I was 18 years old. So the first thing you learn is pattern analysis. And what I start noticing, and I still notice it today, you always know um, that the person committing the crime, they haven't figured out how to carve the narrative when they don't say their race. And this is not a, a, a racist or biased statement. It's just true. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they jump the gun. They'll say white nationalist, and one guy turned out to be Pakistani. Um, but you could always tell when it's... It's not the person, it's not the race that fits the narrative, whether yeah. that's a you know African American, Black, Asian American, because they don't stay, say the race, and mm-hmm. that's what, I, or they don't even say the, uh, yeah. the perpetrator's I mean, name. You you might have picked up on that because you notice patterns, and maybe you've been privy to that for a long time. But I think that's kind of become apparent to everybody at this point because it's become so Absolutely. blatant. Yeah. Yeah. And I could have picked it up from them yelling yelling it to me on Twitter. So maybe maybe it's not the uh, the experience. Um, so, you know, with that said, um, you know, if China is running the show, you know, if you go through every, almost every war in history, it always comes down to resources. And the one resource that China lacks the most is food. Yeah. And so when I look, yeah. And when I look at what's happening here, um, you know, I see that first thing you have to do is pick the country you want to take kind of like the Bork. And uh, Frank Gaffney, who's a major China expert, used to be on several presidential administrations. He said this. I was mad because I looked at Naomi and I said, I've been telling you this. Did you talk to Frank? Did you give it away? And uh, But I don't think they want to take us over or just be our competition. I think they want to get rid of us. And I think they want our land. And that is the Chinese Communist Party. And well, it makes sense. That's scary. That's, I mean, that's terrifying. And we, we've seen them buying up a lot of our land. Now, since you mentioned that, we also saw just this week, I think it was Texas has put out new legislation to not allow Chinese businessmen to buy land. Do I have that correct? Yeah, as far as I I read it correctly, they can't buy it. Now, let's see if Abbott enforces it. But Christy Noem started that a few weeks ago. Hers is more limited to size of land. And then DeSantis put it out about a week ago. Okay, so these are at least steps in the right direction, right? Yeah, I mean, they recognize China as an enemy mm-hmm. because they have no problem saying that we are their enemy. So I don't know why we tiptoe around it and say they're competition and, you know, we'll find a, a way to work together. That's not what they want. Right. What they want is to swallow us into the Belt and Road and then squeeze us for the, all, all the resources and then be done with us and take the land. Yeah. And, and some people either don't care and are going along with it, or they are naive to it and going along with it. Um, you mentioned a couple of things that, that piqued my interest. Uh, number one, you mentioned CRISPR and you mentioned Fauci studies 
um, regarding, I guess, abortions. I'm not familiar with that. What, what happened there? I mean, I know about CRISPR. Well, I, what, um, what studies are you talking about? So there were these, and they were covered on, I believe, someone on Steve Bannon's war room uh, covered it. It might have been national, uh, the National Pulse covered it, Raheem Kassam. And uh, what it was, they were using fetuses to grow like human hair. Mm. And, and they, there are pictures, and I have it somewhere in my Twitter feed. It's really hard to look at, but using these, these, um, and these are not living fetuses. They're just, I guess, I don't, I don't know much about science, but I guess they pump enough into them to make them viable hosts for hair. And this wow. was happening, and it was exposed. And then, it, of course, it got buried. And I think that was in 2021 that was revealed. And as I understand yeah, that's it, creepy. it was his. It's creepy as hell when you see, especially, you know, when you have kids and you've seen their little babies, you know, the way that hair looks kind of weird. Like, why do they even have it? It, it just looked like those little craniums, you know, and it just made me want to vomit. And it really, really pissed me off. And I think it was his wife that 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 approved it. Wow. Um, oh, did you? Oh, there I, I am. I disappeared for a second. Now I'm back. I don't know what's going on there. Let me, I can I can edit that later. Hang on. All right. Anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. Going with that, you met, you mentioned um, DNA collection. So I remember probably, this is probably like 12, 13 years ago, they came out with things like ancestry uh, DNA, uh, you know, these DNA tests that you can mail away and find out where you come from, what part of the world. And at the time that seemed pretty cool and exciting. And I did it like an idiot, like many millions of people. Cause I want to know where I came from, but do you think these are any way like infiltrated by government to, to collect DNA? Is that what they're all about? Or are they just fun things that we, we don't really necessarily need to worry about? Well, they're DNA collection. Um, yeah. And there's the, uh, U- the United States council on China. It's a bipartisan committee that's been around forever. USCC.gov. Um, there was a 2018 study that came out about, China's uh, really takeover of the biotechnology sector. And in that article, 23andMe is, is mentioned by name. They're mm-hmm. pretty much owned by China. I think they got bought out along the way through some cutouts. But And they were on 60 Minutes, and they did not deny it. Um, you can, or if you just track, like, check out where, when you go to the hospital next time, just look at the name of the company on the Sharps container. And then start researching it. It's it's like six degrees to Kevin Bacon. It's like three degrees to the CCP, and that's yeah. so these. Yeah, in my opinion, and I, I have one that's going to blow you away on DNA collection. Um, I'll I'll let you you know uh, get to another question if you want, but it's going to blow your mind. But the DNA collection is I can think of no other reason because when you get your results back, they're not. You, you think, wow, I didn't know it was that exotic. And then you meet your friend, you know, and he's like, yeah, I got three friends that said they were from Cameroon, you know, (laughs) and uh, it's, uh, and I did, I did test it against my mom's maiden name and my dad's name. So my dad's O'Shea, Mm -hmm. my mom is a Hispanic name and they both came back with totally different results for the same sample. Oh, really? Interesting. I don't know if that's called nameology. I don't want to sound like Willem Dafoe and Boondock Saints, but yeah. Totally different hmm. results. Yeah, mine mine came back and told me I'm Asian, which is interesting because I well I'm married to an Asian. My kids are Asians, but I thought I was a white ah. guy. Thought I was Italian, but apparently I, I I'm Asian. Whatever. Um, you say Magandang Japon. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. What did you just say? 
No, no, no ticket. Is your wife Filipino? I think yeah, I she's Filipino. Is that what you were speaking? Well, I was trying to, um, I got some real, real rusty uh, Tagalog, Tagalog from yeah. Zamboanga for Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I speak none of it. She, she and her sisters sit around the house talking about me behind my back in Tagalog and they have a good time with it. And I don't even try to catch on. There's a lot of Spanish in it too. Yes, there is. There's also some Chinese just because it's an island that's been kind of taken over from uh, one country to another. Just they've been dominated people for hundreds of years. So it's a it's an interesting culture right. over there. Um, okay, so something I was reading about that you sent me is is about how you you have taken your you've taught your kids life skills that will serve them well in an environment where like the future comes and things start crumbling, which, you know, we used to call people like that preppers and say mm. they were a little bit paranoid or whatnot, but more and more every day, it feels like being prepared might be the responsible thing to do. So oh, I was never, I was never taught skills like that growing up. And I've started teaching myself, you know, cooking, killing, hunting, uh, things like, uh, taking care of my car. I'm, I've been teaching right. myself these skills. And as I do it, I, um, teach it to my kids and, and we, we give our kids allowance. Part of the allowance is we rope in certain life skills. Like they have to perfect this life skill this week and then oh, they get great. their allowance. Yeah. Um, but one thing you talked about that, that I've not thought about is, um, and this comes from your specialty and, and, and your life's work of recognizing propaganda. You've taught your kids how to recognize propaganda. And, and in America today, we're just completely swarmed by propaganda it feels like it's everywhere it's in it's in the movies yes. we watch it's in the music we listen to it's i mean if you watch the news the news is nothing but propaganda how yes. how what are what are the things you teach you taught your children and that parents themselves should look out for to recognize propaganda what are the signs of propaganda that you can pick up on well they've made it easy i mean it, it used to be look for repetition and redundancy uh, you know, the, the same keyword coming, you've seen the videos where all the, the newscasters are saying the same thing. Yes. But now they made it easy. Whatever they're fact-checking on factcheck.org, the opposite of that is true. So, for instance, if they say, no, the mRNA vaccines uh, do not contain spike proteins. I think that was one of the earlier ones or something like that. Well, they probably do. Or... Mm -hmm. No, China's not our enemy. Whatever they are saying, especially factcheck.org, it's made it easy. Just look at the opposite. And then the other thing we doesn't, you want to look hang at. Hang on before you go on with that. Doesn't that, sure. I mean, doesn't that make it, I mean, aren't we then just living in a, a state of constant paranoia? Like fact, factcheck.org will also dismiss things like the mRNA has um, metal in the vaccine. So are we to believe that? Because they said that the opposite is true, or is there some discerning that we need to be able to do? I, I don't say like, I should have made it clear, research the opposite. You know, it's the, the way that you do it is you have to research it. You know, the, we all used to have, I, I'm, I'm guessing we're, we're close to the same age. And you know, we had three and a half channels growing up. Right. So we just assumed they were telling the truth or four and a half, I guess. But um and uh, that's what, when when I see that, when I see all of a sudden, like, for instance, the Asian American hate, that, that's a great example, because that came out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And first thing I did is I went to the I went to the DOJ statistics and I was like, oh, 
it must have really spiked this year because last year's statistics are one of the lowest. And then I kept trying to find real police blotters of it. I couldn't find it. I can only find anecdotal stuff, which doesn't make it untrue. But then it kept going and... I did see they arrested one homeless woman who looked absolutely nuts. She's like smiling for her picture. And they said, aha, here it is. The, hmm. And then it just kind of went away like we discussed. Um, that's a great example. Is when something comes at you like stereo from multiple sources, mm-hmm. then that's what you got to pay attention to. Like Asian American hate, monkeypox, like all of a sudden it hits you. And the reason why is because in the practice of covert influence covert influence is perception management i always call it the canvas that you paint propaganda onto but you have to prep the canvas so the prep was in place the prep was covid the prep before that was counterterrorism but it was against other countries right. it's the same program yes because i think bin laden went down what 2013 2014 they have massive massive influence and propaganda programs to counterterrorism that's fine after that, after he was killed, that's a pretty expensive program. There's a lot of platforms in place all over the world. Mm-hmm. So what happens in 2014? Got to do something with it. That's right around the same time that uh, CDC started the vaccine confidence activities, mm. which is the name of the vaccine propaganda. But these they use it for everything that falls under the Health and Human Services umbrella, which is everything. Because um, you see... The same numbers, if you know you have kids, I'm sure you get the COVID alerts. I get sure. them. Every and day. then one day I get the same alert for, hey, your kids should wear the Ukrainian colors from the what? same number. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah, I've not seen that one. That's, so that's when it comes at you like that, yeah, when it comes at you like that and you just can't seem to get to the source, you're going to want to keep questioning. Doesn't make it untrue. They might fix whatever it is by the time you get to the truth. But you don't want to rush into that. You don't want to rush into a certain shot. You don't want to rush into taking, you know, grapefruit seeds up your nose because they say it'll cure hair loss. Um, When you want people to know something, you hit them with everything you have. And I'm talking everything. I'm talking this vaccine thing. They even had hired graffiti artists, and you can find it on the CDC website. All funded. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So... I started becoming aware of of propaganda and the fact that I was being lied to by my government shortly after 2001 with the whole war effort and and the weapons of mass destruction. I got I got privy to that pretty quick. Um, But it seems like today there's more of it than ever before. And I guess what what I'm curious of is has there always been this much propaganda but it's only now that people are becoming more suspicious and now we're communicating more with each other outside of the government so we're exposing them um or is this new and ramped up um it's not new i mean propaganda is i mean that's at the core of like the cia the oss started as a propaganda agency um but there are more platforms and the you know what i've seen is it really really seemed to um ramp up from 2003 and then kind of a slow growth of course with counterterrorism because he had lots of populations to practice on and that's also when a lot of different organizations worldwide really started working together and then around 2013 see 2013 2014 that is like, I want to write a book called 2014 because so much happened then. Xi Jinping, 
Ping took power. Mm-hmm. Um, at this 2014 or 2015, that NBC Steve Cap has signed a memorandum of cooperation with Xinhua Newsnet to coordinate news coverage. That is the Chinese Ministry of Propaganda. Wow. Um, yeah. That was that was signed with NBC. You're saying? Yep, Steve Kappas at the time, NBC. And to oh, this wow. day, if you really look at NBC, they were they got into the Wuhan lab in August of 2020 when the UN was complaining that they weren't allowed, or the WHO was complaining, oh, they won't let us in. But how did NBC get a tour? Um, they're the first to attack Epic Times and Falun Gong, um, which is you know that that. Uh, kind of religion the the practice that uh was cracked down by xi jinping they're the only other people in the um in the re-education camps is falun gong and the uh uyghurs um mm-hmm. and then um other things happened 2014 too like that's when it became clear that donald trump was running for president that's when the tea party movement had just subsided and it's it's kind of rise to conservative power that's when populism really started taking a new flame in this country and with that, you see the rise of propaganda. That's, I, I believe, and don't, I'll have to look it up, but I, I also believe that's when they lifted the restriction of propagandizing Americans by U.S. agencies right around that time as well. So that wow. time frame, a lot was happening. Um, and now you ramp it up, you add Twitter, you add uh, like every single platform you can known to man. But at the same time, I think it's made expressvpn.com slash the dad look guys the fbi and nsa they're tracking you man if you're a parent and you use the word liberty or patriot in your bio on twitter or whatever or you talk about it on facebook guess what they're spending money to track your web activity last year alone four million americans were tracked that data recently came out Four million Americans were spied on by the FBI, and they're not going after the lefties. So protect yourself and protect your family with a VPN blocker from expressvpn.com slash the dad. There's just no reason to not do this at this point. You get three free months. If you don't like it by the fourth month, you cancel. Cancel by month four. You never pay for it. So try it out. Expressvpn.com slash the dad. Protect yourself. Protect your privacy. Protect your family. Our second sponsor is zstacklife.com slash the dad. Guys, COVID's still here. Still here. People aren't dying from it, but you don't want to get it. I had it. It's no fun. Flu season's coming back around. Get your body right and ready and healthy. Exercise. Eat right and get all the vitamins you need for a strong immune system in one dose from Z-Stack Life, which was created by the great Dr. Zelenko, who is one of the first brave doctors to stand up and fight against the COVID regime. Go to ZStackLife.com slash dad, get 15% off, get your body right. Let's get back into the show. So yeah, that that time frame, that's when Ukraine uh, had a democratically elected Maybe not a good one, but that's when he was overthrown. Uh, that was the time of Uranium One scandals. That was the time the Russian hoaxes b- began. I mean, up till then, everyone thought it was kind of funny to be scared of the Russians. You saw Burn After Reading. That yes. was a central joke of the movie. Yes, that was Brad Pitt, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah good yeah. movie. And that's also the time when the Magnitsky Act came out that was put forward by Bill Browder about his uh, lawyer getting killed in Russia in pretrial confinement which bans anyone who 
you know, it was basically Russian who's accused of human rights violations um, from using the U.S. banking system and financial system. But the problem is, um, who makes that decision? And why'd he leave his lawyer behind? Who, according to Der Spiegel, is not a lawyer even and had existing stomach problems. I don't know if that's true, but that's the counter narrative. So okay. for some reason, that time is when you, you really see it just explode from that time forward. Yeah. So that's that. So everything we're seeing today was kind of put into motion a decade ago in 2013, 2014, and all this, all this stuff like is positioning Russia as the bad guy. Is that so that the American people take their eye off the ball in China? Is that, a, is that what that strategy is all about? Um, yeah, I, I think kind of, I, I also think it's, I, I think the larger uh, goal here is to, to destroy our economy. So right. are you familiar with the Belt and Road Initiative? No. So the Belt and Road Initiative is China's uh, program where countries that are failing and their infrastructures are collapsing and their their currency is fading, they can join the Belt and Road Initiative, the new Silk Road, where they have these giant no-payback loans and China rebuilds your infrastructure. Mm. Now, most of these countries have fallen on bad times. If you look at the countries in the Belt and Road, which is 62% of the world, oh boy, they all had dire economies before that happened. If you look at the countries that locked down the most um, in Europe, they're all Belt and Road countries. Italy, for one, um, is one of them. So back to Ukraine, I, I, I don't know the overall goal of Ukraine. I think it's just to replace the ATM machine that was Afghanistan. Mm. Um, that makes sense. That's I, what, I mean, that's what, was, I, that's what I thought. But when you're, when you're talking about all this with China, and it, it seems like at the very least convenient that there's this bad guy that everybody can focus on. So they're not looking at China as the bad guy. Yeah. They never, they still don't look at China. China can do anything and it's a competitor. We used to get, I mean, I was, I was really upset when Trump first brought up China because I've been telling like my wife and her friends that what are you guys worried about rush for it's China. That's what we have to worry about. And then when Trump said it's China and I was like, Oh, there we go. I mean, like Trump, but it's like, now I knew it's like, okay, they're going to lump that in. Now, China means you hate vaccines. Vaccines right. means you hate arugula, you know? And so, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's China because there's also another thing, the neon gas that makes semiconductors. One of the biggest exporters of that that gas at, uh, is, is Ukraine. And now that's been destroyed. So a lot of these things that have been happening have allowed China to corner the semiconductor market more and more and more. Afghanistan has some of the largest semi-precious mineral deposits in the world. They've been mining that stuff forever, even before August 15th. Yeah. Um, so modeling us after China, what's going on? Let's take this back to the kids a little bit. Um, yeah. Our public yeah. schools seem to be, I don't want to say pro-China, but we're out here in, in Los Angeles. They're, they're definitely like, the, I, I review what my kids are learning and the things they are learning are definitely not anti-communism. You know what I mean? Like they're not, they, they learn some things about capitalism that they bring home and it's like capitalism is bad. That's kind of the impression they're given by our public schools. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I can't help but think that, that all that is not an accident. I think a lot of these teachers who are teaching this stuff, they truly believe it because they've been raised up in a system that has taught them the same things. And now they've gone on to become the teachers. So this 
All this was set in motion a very long time ago. What I, what I'm getting at is I think the public schools are trash, especially out here, but largely all over the country. I think they've just become yeah, kind man, of, I'm near Boston. So I, I agree. Yeah. They've become like propaganda training centers for kids. Mm-hmm. What's the alternative for financially strapped parents in places like Boston or Los Angeles or New York, where the cost of living is so freaking high that sending your kid to private school is just not a realistic expectation. You got both parents working, so on and so forth. Like, how can parents either improve the public schools, fix this, do something else? Like, how can we help our kids with this educational dilemma? It's a great question. I I am really for the homeschooling, but not like homeschooling alone as a single mom, like the communities that you see forming um, around us. And there's tons of them. I'll send you some links um, where parents get together. I want to homeschool. I want to homeschool. And they're making these schools. And the state does have to pay for a lot of that. That's a lot of people don't realize. You're not like on your own. Uh, I think the state actually has to still approve the curriculum, but you have a lot more control over it. Um, so I think that's one option. Another option is if you can do it, move. Uh, if you're in a remote, if you're in the laptop class, that's a lot easier. Um, but, you know, the homeschooling is a good one. And if you don't have a community, find well, a way to let make me one go back or, to what you just said there. You said mm-hmm. the government, the, the state has to pay for a lot of it. What do you mean they have to pay for a lot of it? Well, so for instance, I know, and I could be, this could have changed, but back in the day when there'd be just every now and then a very obscure person homeschooling, and it was pretty rare, um, they would get approved curriculum and everything. They would get books, that sort of thing. And so that those type of materials came from the state. So mm. in a lot of cases. Um, and I do believe there's huge tax write-offs for it as well. Now, my personal opinion, if you really want to get some money for it, call it We Woke, we woke Up Education put a few rainbows and, um, you know, put like the UN flag and make a very obscure type of nonprofit mission statement and just say, we are fighting for a unified global education for everyone. And then just teach whatever the hell you want. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of being funny, but uh, yeah, a lot but, of scrutiny. So are you saying, but you set up some kind of charity like that, like the government would cooperate with you. Is that what you're suggesting? Yeah. Okay. I think they would. It's our money anyways. Yeah. Isn't isn't that what, I mean, that's what school choice is about is, is getting the money back so you can decide what to do with it as something like you Uh you set up, but you can do something like set up a charity, something like that. And that's kind of an end around of school choice because school choice is never passing out here. We've tried a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. Not out there for sure. Uh, As far as I know, that's what it is. Um, but, you know, I want to go back to something, too. That's just like my kind of dark side you know, mind idea. Of course, the problem with that is you're still allowing them to mess up other kids with your taxpayer dollars. And I think the best thing is to do what, say, my, my son's mother did. She joined the school government. She's on the, the council. She's on the committee. She's making decisions. And they're infiltrating that way from the bottom up. Yeah. yeah I mean, but the. The key thing is you have to get involved or get involved by proxy. And there's a lot of people that work two jobs. They can't do it. You know, find someone to do it for you um, as much as you can. There's such huge communities out there. Um, mm-hmm. And, the, you know, the other thing, too, is uh, you do have like Title IX issues that have come up in a lot of court cases with kids getting beat up at school. Under Title IX, they have to provide a safe environment. 
uh, for those yeah. kids. And so Title IX has always been a good way to go after a school's uh, funding. And then in the wake of these lawsuits, you'll see a lot of positions open up. Out here in Boston, I kept reading the Boston Globe because I always like going into the enemy camp. And uh, they had like they're looking for a superintendent forever. They had to keep raising the price. That tells me those jobs are out there. They yeah. might be waiting to give them to their cousin or uncle, but still they're out there and you just keep pushing on them. But it's, you know, war takes years and this is a war and mm-hmm. you just have to keep hammering at it. We've been hammering at this. Uh, my wife and I have been hammering at this since the beginning when it wasn't so safe to do so. And uh, you know, yes. I'm sure you and a lot of your audience has too. So, but that's what it takes. And yes, it, it's, you're right. It's, it does. Yeah. It does take years. And I, I think the thing is, is that the people who are winning started fighting before the rest of us realized there even was a war and that's why they're winning in the schools like they started this decades ago and people are only now starting to see it like we started seeing it really around like 2014 2015 you'd see some of this goofy shit happening at campuses it was like whoa that's that's really really strange but that got set in motion a long time before all of that um so running for school board yeah that that seems so very important. Um, is there organizations that you're aware of that can help parents or p- interested parties who don't like, if you're going to run for school board, typically you're going to run as a Democrat or a Republican. That's the institution that's going to help you out. The Republicans and the Democrats for the most part seem like they're shit organizations. They're all part of this problem. They're all part of the machine. Mm-hmm. What can you, are there organizations that will help parents who want to make a change, get involved in their school board, make changes for their kids' schools, but they don't want to be a part of that. Sure. Uh, Moms for Liberty with Tiffany Justice is always my number one choice. She's a friend. Uh, We know her. They get, you know, they're called crazy mom terrorists or whatever they call them, but they're super effective. And they have chapters in almost every state. Everything they do is, of course, legal and ethical. They take over school boards through the school board election system. And okay. they they hold the the, the feet of these these uh, council members to the to the fire, and Tiffany Justice and her crew have been amazing. And I think they're just moms number four Liberty on Twitter and Getter. And then the other thing I would say is get on the alternative media. Get on like Getter. Get an account on Getter. It's just like Twitter. It's easy to use, and you can literally if you're on Getter, you know you could just put out, hey, I need help finding people to connect to make a homeschool or to help me with my kid, you're going to have hundreds of people responding to you. And, you know, you could submit to, you know, dailyclout.io, my wife's site, and we'll, we'll, we'll get you in touch with someone. Okay, excellent. I, I wrote all that down. Those are, those are all helpful things. <laughs> um, well, you, said get on, you, you get on a, you said, get on a site like Getter. That, that brings me over to Twitter. Um, this, this show was banned from Twitter for interviewing Dr. Malone and then banned permanently after interviewing Dr. Peter McCullough. But Twitter now having been taken over by Elon, how 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 big is this in the war against propaganda? Like I'm we're seeing things on Twitter that we never would have seen a year ago. Um is this something we can buy into and hope for going forward? Is Elon a, a wolf in sheep's clothing? Like what do you make of all this at this point? Is this can Twitter now be a tool to help fight propaganda? Or are we being subverted? Right now, I think Twitter has turned out to be a tool to fight propaganda by offering a massive counter narrative. What his intentions are, 
I don't know. Um, I don't want to guess. Um, but right now, like right now, it's like the enemy's rifles right there and the enemy's coming. It's a good rifle. I will use it. Yeah. Um, if if it doesn't work tomorrow, it doesn't work tomorrow, but use it as much as you can now. But I all I also fear that with Twitter, you have to kind of limit yourself. I, you know, I go through my my bouts of addiction uh, you know where you spend too much time mini blogging on twitter and you don't really get anything done and it just gets lost in the, the ever scrolling shuffle right. um so i would say try to get a substack try to get your face on video i would love to see people on twitter reply using videos instead of using tweets you know just turn on the camera and tweet your reply instead of write your reply you're going to sniff out the bots and you're going to form a community that way even more so than um spaces is doing yeah, that's interesting. Um, and I like that, this idea. That's interesting. That's never really caught on on Twitter. I, I, I hadn't know. even thought about that. Like, that's interesting. I wonder why not. Like, everybody prefers video, but that's that's never really become the thing there. Um. So what? One thing that was really disappointing, like th- these these Twitter files have revealed so much. I mean, mostly revealed things that we all already knew, like people in the Liberty community, uh, a lot of people in the MAGA community. People understood these things to be true, but this put it out there and, and shined a light on it. The disappointing thing is people still don't seem to care. Like Twitter was a tool. It, was, it wasn't just like government wasn't just working through Twitter. Twitter was a tool for the FBI. Like it was their thing. Like it was Clearly. that yeah. it was that blatant and terrible. And nobody really seems to care. It's not on any of the, the news networks other than Tucker once in a while. Um, and like, at least out here in my community, people, they just don't care. It's of no interest to them. And that's disappointing to me. And that, that worries me about the future. Like if we can, if that kind of fraud and violation of the first amendment can be exposed and people still don't care, where does that leave us? Well, it leaves the people who are fighting it. You, you just got to keep on fighting because we don't know if they don't care. We only know what we know through the news and our computers, how much they care, even through Twitter. And so if you, you know, for me, it's like, yeah, I'm on there all the time. I, I love it. I love stirring things up and making people mad. And um, but the thing is, and putting out information. But the thing is, if you look at a lot of the court cases, a lot of what's happened in Congress, a lot of people are like, oh, my God, we didn't we got blown out. We didn't. People forget we won Congress. You know, by we, I mean, like level headed people who, you know, are in the same reality as us, whether they're Republicans or people that will vote for them on the other vote with them on the other side. Progress has been made. I mean, if you look at where we were in 2020 versus now, we've come a long way because people are not being they're not reacting to fake polls and, 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 you know, what this is saying, what that is saying. And I'm not saying anyone here is doing that, but. That that is why I, I I try to limit like that to an hour, and I schedule tweets because you can get sucked in. And um, they they even talked about this in uh, Fahrenheit four fifty one like years ago. They're like, oh, it tells you the reality. It feels real. It must be real. But you know, I mean, you're you seem to travel and get outside a lot, like I do. We actually get out there. People are actually doing things either to make their families better make their church stronger, make their community stronger. They don't, they don't care because they want to protect their community. And then hopefully that grows and informs with another independent minded community 
And we're back to being America again from the ground up instead of trying to fix it at the top down. We hire people to do that and we have to hold them to task. Congress, make sure they do it. But in the meantime, I always say protect your castle first. And then once everyone's kids are tucked in, they know how to shoot and, uh, you know, you got the food stores and everything. Okay, then if you have time, then join your local government and try to affect change. Because the way I see it is no matter what happens with violations of our rights, everything, which should never be allowed to happen. Um, wars are fought on the ground and the ground is at the county level. It's at the town level. So if you control that, you control the war. It doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. Because even yeah. your National Guardsmen are going to be your neighbors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you said a, a few things there that you know people people are mostly concerned with their family, and 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 that's important, of course. And most people don't pay attention to all this stuff, and that's that's what does worry me. Is I think most people they don't pay attention to this because number one, it feels hopeless, or that it feels like nothing they can do anything about. But number two. Most people in America, or at least in the communities I'm running around in, still live pretty comfortable lives. Um, even with inflation and everything else, they're still pretty comfortable. So they're still concerned mm -hmm. about just you know taking care of their own, taking care of their children, taking care of their family, taking care of their community. And as things are getting progressively harder as they are, that doesn't push them more into caring about this other stuff. That pushes them more into the direction of shutting that stuff out because they now have to focus harder on providing for their family. And by the time they catch on to what's going on, now it's too late. And there's some of us out oh, here who are ringing this bell and like shouting about what's going on. Your freedoms are being violated and, and China's coming and all, and all this stuff. But by the time anyone starts listening, it could be too late. That's what I fear. I, I totally agree with you. And I would add to that, you know, I look at, you know, my, you know, my kids, my son's family and my daughter's family on the other side, a lot of them don't have time. I mean, we're, we're done. I imagine you do this. You're like me, you're looking at this stuff nonstop, but um, have you ever run into that situation where you're like, Oh my God, Biden just got caught with a bunch of classified documents again. That's huge right. news. Or, and they don't know what you're talking about yes. because the only thing you could get on the car radio is NPR the only th or you could get Apple News. And so like I talk to very smart, highly educated people, but they're not they don't have the luxury of and I'm, I'm, I'm happy I can do. I'm happy I found a wife and a life where I can focus on fighting back this bad stuff. But so many people just don't have time. They're tired. They don't know. And so they grab the paper. You know, the the mini mart of the bodega. And if they if they're grabbing the you know New York Times or the Boston you know, Globe or something, LA Times, it's all the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, oh, and there's still that belief too in uh, the institutions. Like I've had yes. someone try to stand on authority and say, okay, I think we both can agree he knows what he's talking about because he went to Harvard. Right. I'm like, I don't care where he went. What's he have to say? Mm -hmm. And so I think there's a lot of that and it's just easier. Well, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, okay. Some people do pay attention to the news and some people do care but what i found is those people those educated people um like people i went to college with they tend to they want to they want to believe they are smart they want to believe their degree makes them smart so they've bought into this idea that the somehow the 
Democrats or the things that Democrats believe in, they're the smart people. Those are the ones that care about everybody. So they make them feel like they're good people if they're on team Democrat because the Democrats care and the Democrats, they're the team of science. So they've bought into this false narrative. And I'm not saying the Republicans are the people of science. And I'm not saying the, the Republicans care mm-hmm. anymore, but the Democrats definitely, that party is not the party of science. It's not the party of we care about the less fortunate. That's just that's just a game they've been running that they've gotten some smart people to buy into, which makes it even more difficult to fight the narrative because people want to believe they're good. They want to believe they're smart and they bought into that. Yeah, I, I you know I think we live in very similar worlds. I have a lot of people in the the film industry. I have a lot of people that I didn't go to college with. I went to college after the military, but um, you know that went to really good colleges. We're friends, and they just can't believe they're wrong. They can't yeah. believe they could ever be wrong. But not only that, you're right. You know, I would add too. The Democrats have also controlled the cameras on the papers, and you know, coming from a working class background, I, I think. Um, a lot of people like me, I always kind of consider myself X class, like I'm going to be rich someday, <laughs> you know, as a kid, because we had a lot of kids, Irish Catholic family, and um, I pursued what I wanted to do. I'm not rich, but I'm I'm successful. And so um, what happened was I started listening to NPR like in high school because it made me feel smart. Yeah, they're smart. I, yes. um, I must be a smart guy because exactly. I exactly bingo. And, yeah. And so then, and, you know, and that's a real shame because I think they have, um, it's kind of like Bane said on, on uh, you know, the Dark Knight Rises. It's like they've promised you with myths of opportunity. And that's what they're doing with all the self-help books. They're letting you think you can ascend, but at the end of the day, they will never let you into that class. They will. It, we saw that with Donald Trump. Exactly. I was going to say that that's part of what I think failed Donald Trump so much is he so badly wanted to be accepted and loved by those people like the New York elites that he, that he would like let his foot off the gas in hopes of being included. And they were never going to accept him no matter what. They're never going to accept him. Yeah. And they're never going to accept Xi Jinping and the, the Chinese communist party. If they see them as provincial, this whole idea that the WEF and China will come together to subjugate the world. Yeah. Maybe at first, but then China has an army and guns and they're going to get rid of all them too. They're they're nationalists and they they know they're looked down on by like the WDF and the elites, just like you know, the deplorables as as you know, I guess they're called, and I, I hate that word, but people like it. Um, but the the thing is it's you know, I've I've had the the benefit of not only through work but through relationships, I've seen all the sides of these classes. And I'm I'm sure you you have to have read a little bit about your bio. So um, and you see it, it's like it blows my mind that I've met people in the West village, you know, living in these huge, and we used to live there and it's like living in these really huge townhouses that don't know their doorman's first name mm-hmm. or, or some guy who is a hedge fund manager looking down with insect like eyes, saying I should run for president. I think I know what these people need more than they do. Right. They have no clue. And it's, it's just, they don't want, they want you to think, you could get in there, but they're not going to let you in. You've got to, and you shouldn't, I always tell people, you shouldn't want to go into that class, make your own class, you know, make your own class because there were no classes when we came here. It's ironic that we, yeah. It's a problem with people in general, the it's a human need, I think, to, to want to be accepted and liked Mm -hmm. and, and, 
and be associated with the best of the best. Like that's a human need. And it's, it's a, a, a fault of humanity. I think it gets in the way of so much that desire to be wanted. Waste of time. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's a waste of time. Sorry. It is. <laughs> um, you, you brought up the, the, the world economic forum briefly. So let, let's just touch on that. We still have a little bit of time. Um, cause they're meeting this week and those people fucking creep me out. What's going on there this week. What are they talking about this week? Are you, uh, do you know what's happening? It just started tuning in. They're pissed off because, well, according to Nora bin Laden, um, and you know, the whole crowd that covers it, like Pasobic and all them, they're, they're pissed off that, you know, the pandemic didn't really work the way they wanted to. So it sounds like they're going to shift, really put the pedal to the metal on. Wait, 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 wait for that, it. That's being talked about. They're talking about that at the meeting that the pandemic didn't pan out. It's the fact learned. that they're not talking about it. Okay. They're not talking about the vaccines They're they're talking about climate change. Yes. Yes. Which is getting weird because I guess now the climate activists are protesting them. Um, but they're talking about climate change. Um, and it, this is all to get these passports in. Wait for it. You're probably going to see like a climate somewhat type passport be pushed yes. uh, as a result of this. Well, okay. So a couple things on that. Number one, it, it's been clear to me for a couple of years now that eventually COVID would end and they would need another emergency. And that emergency would be something about the climate. So they're going to use climate to try to sh- take away our freedoms. That's the next thing. There will be lockdowns again. They will attempt lockdowns again. I really hope people have woken up enough that this time they will at least try to fight it. I, I hope, I hope they try to fight it this time. The other thing you know, uh, it ties into propaganda and everything like the propaganda about, I used to really buy into global warming because again, these people were smarter than me. These were scientists. Now I, I question, like, I don't know what I believe about that. I just know I don't trust the narrative being put out to me. Um, speaking of propaganda, as I was waiting for you to jump on today, I'm scrolling through Twitter and there's a video of Greta Thunberg or Thunberg, I don't know her name, and she's being arrested in Germany for protesting there. And someone else is recording and exposing this whole thing as being propaganda, like it was all set up. They said, "Have you seen that yet?" I've seen it, but wasn't there something where like someone like Foyet or something or whatever the European version is, some like communication between her and Schwab? I don't know about that. I, I no. I would. I'll try would to find it and get it too. Yeah, but uh, okay. So, is that the next thing we got to watch out for? Is uh, is um, some kind of climate lockdown? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it goes it goes back to what I was saying about wars about resources, and so climate change. You know, it lets you lock down land. Yeah. So if you see what's been happening in Southeast United States. They've been doing the runaround. It might have gone through. It was Senator Kennedy down there trying to stop it, where they're raising flood insurance rates by like 200% by not going through Congress, by going through FEMA. And who's down in the Southeast in the floodplains? People that can't afford 200%. Um, so it lets them seize land. You remember in COVID, they were talking about white-tailed deer getting COVID. And oh, that's right. it came out right around, hunt, right around hunting season. It was done in June. Guess who it was done by? Barbara Hahn who's written papers with Peter Daszak under the framework of something called One Health, which he and the World Bank group drafted in 2018. It's about creating buffer zones between us and nature to stop pandemics. Oh that, to me, sounds like a land grab. 
Yeah, that's creepy. I, I've not made that connection before. I do remember the, the whole thing with the, the, the deer. Interesting. Yeah. So of course they want to lock us down again. That makes sense. It's some kind of land grab. Do you expect, judging by how the COVID lockdowns went and the fact that they most reasonable people can now see they did no good. Mm-hmm. Um, some people saw that from the beginning. We were taught we had experts on this show right from the beginning saying this is a bad idea. But I think most people now would agree that they were a bad idea. There's no way for Absolutely. you to tell, but would you do you expect there to be more resistance this time than a few people in Illinois protesting at the Capitol? Yeah, I, I do. I think people will just ignore it like we did. You know, like just ignore it because you know, you don't want to go out there guns a blazing. They want that too. Um, they definitely want that uh, reason to lock you down even more, make you a national emergency. So yeah, I, I think that the, the best way to fight it is to ignore it because trust me that $12 an hour kid at Walgreens is not going to stop you. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, the, the only time I put on a mask in Walgreens I ha- is around Halloween and I, I went by, he, he said I had to have a mask. So I complied. I left. I went over to Party City. I got a fan under the opera mask. I came back in. <laughs> Yes. That's awesome. I I did the yeah. same thing the first week of the pandemic. First week, maybe it's the second week, I don't know, but you had to wear a mask. I went out and I got a Michael Jackson mask and that's what that's awesome. I wore and I did the whole impression everything. I took the video. It, it didn't really make people in the store laugh. I thought I would get some laughs. They just looked at me like, yeah, "I know, right?" <laughs> yeah, well they yeah, that was really I could never get a laugh. You're like kind of, you know, you force it. You're like yeah. Come on, come on. You know, usually it's like being Bill Murray and so it's like, come on, Sergeant Elka, and right. you can't get that last. <laughs> right. Know? Right. Um, yeah. So you you said they they want you to get violent. I I think the proof in the pudding for that is January 6th. We don't know exactly what happened there, but they definitely welcomed the fact that there was an invasion of the Capitol because they've been using that for two years now. That's really the only thing you can see on CNN is talk about that. So that's a key thing is like people, if they are going to resist, do not get violent because that will be used against all of humanity, number one. And number two, the threat of violence, like us having guns, that threat of possible real violence is the only thing that stands in the way of a complete lockdown. And that's why it's so important that we can never give up our, our gun rights. Absolutely. Spot on, spot on, because you don't know whose house you're going into. And, and that's the thing. And if you're on private property, you can't make the case that people are committing violence who broke into their home. I I would watch for castle laws getting taken down or getting attacked so they can go into your homes. I think they'll go after what What are fourth amendment. What are castle laws? What do you mean? Um, People call the castle laws like when you shoot someone who's on your property, you're oh, protecting okay. your castle. I think that's the yeah. slang for it. So I'd, I'd watch for attacks on those. But, you know, my thing is like, you're right. You know, that separates us from the rest of the world. That and the strength, uh, the strength and independence of our individual states. I mean, they have states in China, but they're really just, you know, different, you know, different lines on a map. I mean, he runs them all, Xi Jinping. Um, but the thing is, um, with, uh, you know, with something like the lockdowns and everything, I would say just basically, I think my dog is hitting the door. I'm sorry. Um, but the, uh, lockdowns are just, just ignore them. I mean, I, I never had anyone stop me. My wife is like, she made me cringe a few times. She's like, no, I'm not going to do that. She just walks them by and like, yeah, 
this yeah, thing might wife, be real. I mean, it was early on. I'm like, eh. she's like, well, it's against the constitution. So I'm not doing it. Yeah. Your wife's, like, kind, okay. of a, your wife's kind of a badass. Um, I, I come cool. from, yeah, I come from the a healthcare background. So when I heard the mm-hmm. word pandemic, I pulled my kids out of school before they locked it down because I, I took that word very serious pandemic. Mm-hmm. So we shut down school for our kids about four days before the school shut down, but it only took yeah, about smart. It only took about two weeks after that for me to realize everything was completely bullshit. Like there was enough data in within a month's time to know that everything was bullshit. Um, but unfortunately, most, like you say, people don't pay attention. Uh, people aren't paying attention to the data. Data isn't out there. You got to go search for it. So they're really able to pull the wool over people's eyes for a very long time. And I just really hope they can't do the same again with this climate stuff, but it seems they probably will. Uh, the last thing I want to ask you about, because we are running out of time, uh, this this stuff with Joe Biden and his documents. Personally, where I'm coming from, I don't really give a fuck about uh, these top secret documents. Like, I don't think, I don't think government should have top secrets. Like, I think it should all be out in the open. That said, it seems pretty obvious that these documents uh, were somehow going from Joe to Hunter to China. Is there a correlation there? Is there, am I, am I onto something like, are you picking up on that? I mean, it, it doesn't look good. I'll put it that way. What I'm picking up on is um, they're, they're old. They gotta be old. Um, But the other thing too, or maybe they're not old, maybe they're brand new. We don't know, but it seems to me that like, what a great way to uh, basically prove to whoever your clients are in Ukraine or China that your investment will be secure because, oh, look, here's our plans for next quarter. No one knows about this. It's in the presidential daily brief, um, you know, that sort of thing. Or a pre-pub for like what the State Department, um, you know, write up for this country will look like to, I mean, you could do anything with it. You could play with the markets. You can, you know, drive the pension funds in one country down and go short on them. It could be anything. Um mm-hmm. I don't really know what I do know. It seems that there's maybe three people, myself included, that seem to know anything about the classification system. For right. me, it doesn't matter, you know, what's in there. Like people are going, oh, maybe, a, you know, the, the outside was marked and a document got out and, and they didn't know. No, every document, top and bottom. It's the first thing you learn when you go to intelligence training is how to classify documents. So there's a cover sheet. There's a blank cover sheet with the classification, top and bottom, front and back. It always has a, the classification and the de, um, declaration orders and all that. You know what it is. Every single so thing. It, like It couldn't it, have been an accident is what no, you're saying. No, I mean, it's if so you're obvious. like in training and you write something on a sticky note related to what your test is, you have to classify a sticky note. I mean, that's always been the case. So that's the thing. But, you know, my thing is what's troubling about it is. I don't like the normalization of it. Like I respectfully disagree. I think some things have to be classified because, you know, not all intelligence work is bad. Um, it's not all subjugating him. I mean, there's people out there doing really good work and, you know, if them as a source, if they get, and a lot of these people are going against their, you know, really bad countries, you know, which is sad because I wonder how they feel now with these people in charge, like, Oh, I'm really screwed. But um the thing is, it, they could get killed, you know, if, or it could, we could have a program in place that, that is actually, you know, there's, there's evil out there that we, we used to fight when I was there, but um, 
you know, that costs a lot of money to replace all that stuff. A lot of people get killed. So yeah, I, I do think, because I think someone like you, someone like me, some of the people we know, the people who've been on your show, I think you could read them onto anything and they would have the responsibility and uh, maturity to handle it. But, you know, there are a lot of people that'd be like, holy cow, they'd be combing through it looking for like, you know, um, aliens and, and you know, whatever conspiracy they've been trying to, and passing out to their friends and showing off with it. And that's the biggest problem is you, I wish you could, but if you could go to DC, you can go into any like restaurant for brunch in Arlington over on Fairfax Drive, Whitlow's on Wilson, you could tell who just got out of training for like the agency from like case officer training because they can't shut up. <laughs> they want people to know. And so that does get people in trouble. I mean, if I'm going on a very innocuous job to another country and then it comes out on the news, I actually worked here or there um, at that time. I don't care now, but um, I could I could get killed. I mean, that. I could get killed at the airport, you know, by security. So yeah, that's where I see it as a good thing. Plus, if we have a really cool capability, you don't want in a perfect in a normal world, you wouldn't want China to get a hold of it. Of course, sure. now it seems like that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're right. There, there's evil in the world, and we do need some degree of secrecy to deal with that evil. I guess what I mean is in these secret in in the secrecy of these. Uh, government agencies, and there's so many of them now. There's so many of these agencies. That's where so much of the evil and repression of our our rights has originated from in in this secrecy. So many evil things have been concocted through secrecy, and I just feel like if we could, there needs to be some degree of what can be a secret and what cannot be a secret. You know what I mean? Like you shouldn't be able to concoct these kind of plans and use these agencies to your personal advantage. And the and the secrecy of them, there needs to be, I guess, somebody altruistic in charge of watching over what can be a secret and what can't be a secret. Unfortunately, I mean there is, there is. is there? I mean, there's a classification authority. Yeah, I mean, there's these things are hard and fast. I mean, a lot of stuff you're hearing, this is spin. Like their their man is their man's in trouble. Plain and simple. Like the, do you think this is? Do you think that they their man's in trouble, or that they're taking their man down because they don't like him for twenty twenty four? It's both. I think it finally gives his enemies a shot at him, and I think his um, you know his handlers, um, that being the DNC, and you know they're done with him. I think he he sealed his fate when he insisted on running in twenty twenty four. Because look how quickly the New York Times was talking about this. He had. Joe Scarborough yelling that they were Joe Scarborough Sharpton. I'm like, okay, yeah, they're they're done with Biden. Um, but what I wanted to say too is things are not classified by their content; they're classified by their source. You know, so you could have something that says, "Hey, pick up milk at the store," but if that was collected by Triple Ninja Five Nine, which is a TSSCI source and method, it's going to be TSSCI. So it has nothing to do with the content. Well, it's weird. all about the sourcing collection method. Okay. Yeah. I guess, I guess that makes sense to you guys in, 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 in the business. That seems like a weird way to decide what's classified, but, but okay. Um, because the, the source and the method is a lot more permanent than the Intel, the Intel, it's just like the news. It's, it's pretty perishable. A lot of times um, it's, you know, it's, it's just like I did competitive intelligence for businesses. So any Intel I collected that that's going to, 
you know, it's not going to be worth much two weeks from now. It's just like getting a lead or a scoop. Same thing in Intel. But the method and the method of collection and the network of collection or the source, you can keep using that. So you got to protect that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. We're going to, I guess we're going to find out what all, all this document privacy stuff was about and where it goes with Biden. It's just very peculiar timing. There's a, a lot around it that doesn't make sense. And it seems to me to just a person on the outside with no knowledge of this kind of stuff, seems like a convenient way to both take him out. And also if they take him out oh, with this, Trump kind of did the same thing. So they can kind of take both of them out, kill two birds with one stone and turn this over to wow. two insider guys they want, you know, maybe throw Mitt Romney at us on the Republican side and and uh, Kamala on the on the Democrat side. You know what I mean? This is how hey, they can take charge again. I won't lie to you. I feel kind of bad for Kamala. <laughs> like she really I'm not saying I'm, I'm not exonerating her, but of all the villains in this, she seems to be like a bit of a village idiot, like. I don't think she even knows what's going on half the time. They're like, here, go out there and talk about that. And she's like, oh, and then for a joke, they hand her, you know, something a five-year-old wrote. And she's like, space is big. <laughs> yeah. You know, she'll read whatever you put on the teleprompter. Yeah, the, the clips we've gotten from this White House have been more amazing than any. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, they used to make fun of Dan Quayle. He's a fucking rocket Potato. scientist compared to these two. I mean, oh, my God, yeah. They're bad. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And you know, um, someone said it the other day. But I've been the nice thing about this is it's a target-rich environment. Like I told my my kids, I'm like, hey, now is the time. There's there's a widening gap if you want to get become a journalist or a writer because the ivory tower has been shattered. Yeah. There's so much alternative media that has is well funded. And you can actually do investigative reporting. I mean, the best reporting, I'm sure you've seen it, is over on Getter. And it's over, well, not Getter, but like Rumble and Substack. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I want an op-ed piece about how someone feels about a certain thing and how, how it makes them sad or mad, I'll, I'll get the New York Times because it's just one <laughs> right. big op-ed now. Yes. Um, but if I want some news, I got multiple sources. And you still got to sort. Yeah, you got to do your due diligence. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. This guy, this girl does. Right. Uh, I love Natalie Winters for that. My wife's reporting, her whole team, they're reporting. Um, and, you know, the question on the propaganda, if if the the site or the link takes you to another article, like go to a New York Times article sometime, it takes you to another New York Times article as a source. Oh, really? Or if you look at a fact yeah. check, they're fact checking, they're citing tweets and their own fact checks. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the New York Times, I mean they were the most respected source of news just 10, 15 years ago. I don't know what kind of, I don't know if they had the same corruption going on then, but now they're just, they're, they're an absolute joke and any good reporters that were there are gone. Any good reporters in all the mainstream journalism are gone. Like Taibbi is gone. Like Glenn Greenwald gone. They all got removed. Anyone who was willing to tell the truth, you got to go to Substack for the truth now it's 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 mm-hmm. really really something and what you said about the new york times them them fact checking themselves is kind of like what we're seeing with the the cdc now where they they, they investigated themselves to see if there was any um wrongdoing with the way the vaccines were handled like we're going to investigate this okay we investigate ourselves we didn't do anything wrong okay all right i guess that settles that thanks it's well, look at the whole like the, look at the whole uh commission of the you know the dozak led investigative committee to go investigate the Wuhan lab that he yeah. just left and was running half the time. I'm like, it looks good. You know, they never even went to the lab. 
<laughs> they just yeah. went to the hotel and waited for reports. Right. But you know, and that's you know, that's when it comes down to like that's what I tell everyone. It's like everything's good right now. Like, for instance, I used to hate the Epic Times because they did a hit piece on me. And um not really a hit piece. They just took a picture of my hair when I had gel in it and I had, ch- had a chance to tussle it. So I looked like I was going bald. Uh-huh. And they're like spies selling lies to get corporate secrets. It was like a conference I did in, in <laughs> Ottawa. And I'm like, well, that's not really what I said. It's kind of cool to be in that article, but my hair looks like crap. And I was mad. And I just said, I don't want you to retract the article. Can I just submit a better picture? And they wouldn't. So I hated them for the longest time until the pandemic started. And I got to say, Josh J. Phillip, who I don't know personally, but Jan Yakelnik, he's become a friend. They source things. Like, that's the standard. It's so sad. But my standard is well-written and sourced. Yeah. Bottom line up front. And what I find is the so-called right-wing media, which is not right-wing, it's all the other media that's not in the club, um, that's not op-ed pieces, they actually provide sources. Yeah. I used I thought that was the standard. It used to be. Not anymore. All right, Brian, we we are coming up on time. Is there anything else you want to tell everybody? Uh tell people where they can do you have a substack? Uh you got a YouTube channel? Share. Yeah. Uh, so um, my, let me see, my getter is at Brian O'Shea, B-R-I-A-N-O-S-H-E-A. My Twitter is Brian O'Shea, S-P-I as in Sierra, Papa, India. Substack, investigate everything. I can't think of it offhand. I'll get it to you. And then I'm also on YouTube, investigate everything with Brian O'Shea, or you can find me at dailyclout.io. Awesome. Awesome. I appreciate your time. I appreciate no. the work that that you do, that your wife does. Um, honestly, I didn't even know you were married to Naomi Wolf until you sent me that bio. You guys don't don't really put that out there a ton, but you're both doing amazing things for this country and for, for liberty. Thank, Thank you, you, man. You too. Keep it up. Keep it up. Hey, thanks for having me. I'd love to come back. And uh, by the way, I appreciate your commitment to the hot tub. We're, <laughs> we're hot tubbers. I, I heard that episode and we're in that sucker nonstop, even if our hair is freezing. Yes, absolutely. So, um, but- and you're doing a great show and I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I recommend everyone tune in. This is a good show. I, I really enjoy it. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate that. All right. No you take care. Right. Talk soon. Take care. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye-bye.